0: When you pray, that's the message for the next seven weeks we're going to be looking at. And Jesus tells us not to be like hypocrites, um, for they love to pray. They love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by others. And they've already achieved their reward, Jesus tells us. But instead, he says, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will Reward you. Yep, today it's a new series. We're starting talking about the Lord's Prayer, and our focus throughout these next seven weeks is going to take each, to take apart that prayer. We're going to talk about this prayer that Jesus has given us. We're going to unpack it. Um, before we jump in and and really start looking at that, I, I want to speak to the format of this prayer and 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 give a heads up of maybe what we can. Expect. You see, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13, when Jesus responds to his disciples and he says, um, in a request to be taught to pray, he says, Pray then in this way Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and also as we forgive. Our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. You see the many different catechisms that, that can be used and, and, and looked at by different churches and different kind of um, upstarts. There we get in we've got the German congregational catechism, we've got the evangelical catechism, the, the Heidelberg Catechism, which was created to, to help bring the Lutheran and the German Reformed churches. Uh, together um, as well as Luther's uh, catechism they all break the Lord's Prayer into uh, an introduction I I think it's better called an address um, followed by seven petitions and then this uh, conclusion which really is a doxology, uh, simply a liturgical formula of praise to God and then the Westminster Catechism similarly but it, it has six petitions it breaks it only into six petitions instead of to seven and we'll look further into that when we get to those individual petitions but the address is clear our father in heaven that's whom we pray to we recognize that it is where God is and who God is then we have these three petitions which concentrate on God himself his name, his kingdom, his will, after we go into then praying for our needs. We look at provision, at at, at pardon, at at preparation and at protection before we then conclude with that doxology, with that praise for God. Now, A guy called John Packer, he says that... um, Through this all, we are reminded that we are to ask for the meeting of our particular personal needs as a means to our Father's glory. Not any spirit of trying to bend God's will to meet our own. Praying your will be done is, is, is the same as praying my will not be done. See, the Lord's Prayer, though, it offers us this model, a model for prayer, not just words to learn, to say, to simply recite. It's, it's, actually a, 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 it's actually a response to questions that God may give us, if we think about it. God says, who am I? Well, you are our Father in heaven. He says, what do you want most? Well, we want for your name to be hallowed, to see the coming of your kingdom, for your will be done. And what is it you ask me for now? God says, well, we ask for provision. We ask for pardon, for protection, for preparation. This model, this is how we should pray all of our prayers. This is the flow by which we should come to God on earth our knees. The disciples that walked with Jesus, they saw how he lived. They saw the importance. They saw the value that he placed on prayer, on retreating to spend time with the Father. And they asked him to teach them how to pray. And the key here is that they didn't ask him what to pray, but how to pray. And this is how we know it to be a model, not just a prayer to recite it's Jesus telling them and us how we should approach prayer and Jesus says when you pray he doesn't say if you pray there's an expectation that we pray it is our duty it is our obligation to be prayers that's what disciples do now it's not me saying this it's Jesus Jesus is telling you and me to pray. And over the next few weeks, we're going to divvy up the Lord's Prayer. We're going to look at it, uh, what it says to us about prayer, what it says to us about relationship with God. But today, we're going to study the address. And if, and if we have time, we're going to move on to some of the first petition. And then in the weeks to come, we'll, we'll hit petitions two and three, four, five, six, seven, and then that final doxology. But our concentration this morning is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, if we go to Luther's small catechism, we're told the words of the address, they attract us to God so that we can come to him and we can believe that he is truly our Father in heaven, that we are his children. And that's important because... That way we're able to actually come to him and ask boldly and in confidence for the things that we need as a loving child would a loving father. Now the Heidelberg Catechism has two questions kind of surrounding this area. And those questions, they ask, why has Christ commanded us to address God thus as our father? And why is there added who are in heaven? And the answers are uh, in in that catechism to awaken us at the very beginning of our prayer. That childlike reverence and trust toward God, which should be the grounds of our prayers, namely that God has become our father through Christ and will much less deny us that which we ask him in true faith than our parents will refuse us earthly things. And then as to why does it have added Who are in heaven Well That there may be no earthly thought Of the heavenly majesty of God And we may accept All of his might Power And all things necessary That he gives us for body and soul See that we get to call God Father Is good news Isn't it? It's It's good news. It's truth. And that truth reverberates throughout the New Testament. We'll look at a couple of those writings. Um, First off, we've got Paul. He's writing to the Romans, uh, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. is a really good example of this, where he tells us, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joy and heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Just ponder that for a moment. Many other texts, any of them which refer to us um, thinking as a collective, as the body, which refer to brother and sister in Christ, brothers and sisters in faith. It emphasises the fact that we are united and that we share in being able to call God Father. It is really, really good news. Coming to God through Jesus Christ, it gives us the right, it gives us the privilege to call God Father. And John, in his first letter, he says clearly in chapters uh, 3 and verse 1 specifically saying, see what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is what we are. God is Father and God is love. And if this were not the case, then we wouldn't be able to approach him, would we, really? But if he were just Father and not God, then what would be the point in praying to him? We mustn't lose sight of the fact that he is God, even though he is approachable as our Father, and he wants us to approach him, he is still God. He's approachable, yes. Yes. Even better than being approachable, he is able, and more importantly, he is willing to do good for us. I don't want to spend a great deal of time on on, on the next point, but I I, I feel it's important and I I understand that through conversations I've had with many people over the last few years, um, some people struggle. With this idea of God as Father. The, the approaching God as a Father, it, it's difficult because of a relationship they have with their earthly father. Or, or the picture of fatherhood is, is, is distorted because of relationships that they have seen or experienced here on earth. Uh, to any of you watching, uh, to any of you at any point in time, <laughs> if you get to ever watch this, if you struggle with coming to God as Father, I'm sorry that you've had to go through what you've gone through that has got you to have that experience, to have that um, that response to God as being Father. I'm sorry that there is this wall that has been built up, uh, which, which which brings with it those restrictions to you coming to God in His fullness as a loving father who wants what is best for you, okay? And and, and I pray, please, for yourselves as well, just seek to dismantle that wall. Don't allow the picture that's been put in your mind to corrupt the concept of what a good father is, of what God is to you. God is father. It's a central concept for us as followers of Jesus. And it's vital that we step into relating to God in this way. We just sang about it. We hear stories of what people think you're like, but we hear whispers from you. Whispers that we're never alone because you're a good, good father. And in all of this, in all of this, it's very important that we also consider And and reflect on the words that Jesus has given us specifically. Because at no point in this model prayer are the words I or me used. It's always our or us. We share in this right. We share in this amazing, beautiful privilege to look upon God as Father. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's our Father in heaven we all get to because of Jesus Christ. Receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior gives us access to the family. That's why we call the Lord's Prayer our family prayer. Where we pray our Father, it brings us into intimacy. Okay? Think for a moment how you would address a letter now that something's a bit dated and we don't use letters so much anymore. Think about writing a letter to whom it may concern. That's very, very different to writing a letter to, for example, my dear Abigail. To to whom it may concern shows a lack of relationship. But writing to my dear Abigail, it shows a a unique fondness. It's, it's, it's It's a very intimate terminology. So we relate to God as... Our Father, it's intimacy. It it, it brings us into the right frame of mind, the right mindset to go into uh, the rest of our prayer. But that's only half of the opening, that opening address, because we also pray in heaven. And this should bring us to that point of humility. Because we look upon God. As sitting on the throne, as being the king of all that is, the king of the cosmos. And having this balance right is key, because in some places, there's an emphasis on God as king, as ruler, as being all-powerful. And they are true. There is nothing wrong with any of those in thinking those things and believing those things, because they are truth. But it is not all of who God is. And this can create a view of God as being unappro- unapproachable if we don't bring in the rest of him. Okay, if we concentrate on just the fact that it's in heaven, ruling, Lord, King, we, 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 can, we can think, how do, I, how do I come to him? How can I approach him? But if we go the other way completely and we concentrate on only God as Father, as being all loving, full of grace, then we belittle God. Okay, We've got to get this balance right. We have got to remain central in this because he is both our father and he is in heaven. See, we're called to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's what John 4.24 teaches us, right? And, and prayer is a vital part of our worship. We've got to be in. We've got to be in the right mind. We've got to be right in ourselves when we come to Him. When we pray, our needs they need to come from our heart. They need to be expressed not only through our words but through our actions as well. I mean, you might have, you know, most likely you have heard, um, words. Uh, be careful what you pray for. Or how praying for patience is only going to lead to an opportunity for you to be patient. Well, I'm a proponent that we often find, and you will often find, that the answer to the things you pray for is you. See, prayer, in coming from the heart, should be connected to the will of God directly. And we will look at that a little bit more in um, Your Will Be Done later in 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 the series. but as we pray for provision and and for protection, it's all within the will of God. And we ask these things not for our own sake. We don't ask it from our own will. We ask it to be within God's will. We cannot change the will of God. Who are we to even think that we could? It's too great a privilege for us if I'm honest, to put into words that we're able to dwell in the presence of God and we're able to utter the words our Father. Okay? What a privilege. What a privilege. But we can't become over familiar. We can't become too familiar with with God as being just our Father. Because He is the great I am. He is Yahweh. And when we pray thus, we need to be clear that we're addressing the Godhead. We pray our Father in heaven, but actually, when we pray our Father in heaven, we are referring to God in his fullness. So we are referring to the three persons of the Trinity. Let's not dissect that. In the Gloria... um, which Christians say throughout the world um, And many will have said this morning They declare God And they declare his glory They say glory to God in the highest They declare that he is the Lord God Heavenly King Almighty God and Father And this declaration it continues that Lord Jesus Christ Only Son of the Father Lord God Lamb of God You take away the sins of the world Have mercy on us You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Remember, amen is a statement of agreement. So if you agree to that, be saying amen in your spirit. When we pray to our Father, we are praying to God in His fullness. I said it. But taking what Jesus says here and elsewhere, we pray through the Son and we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't lose trace. We've got to hold on to this fact. Yes, God is Father and this is how we we are taught to address Him. But immediately following that comes those words in heaven. On those words, they're vitally important. But why are they so important? What do they really mean for us? Well, first, let's say what they don't mean. See, we're not saying that God is so far away. He's seated somewhere upstairs in the sky, um, looking down on us. Um, so we need to be speaking. We need to shout louder so that he can hear us. Remember Jesus' words that we reflected on at the very beginning of this message. Matthew 6, 5 and 6 When you pray Jesus tells us Don't be like the hypocrites Don't stand in the synagogues And on the street corners To be seen by others Because you've already got your reward If you do that Instead go into your room Shut the door Pray to your father who is in secret Who sees you And what you do in secret And will reward you God isn't far away God is he's omnipresent that is he's able to be in heaven and on earth at the same time so please don't think of him as being far off because he's very very close that intimacy is there to think of him as not being close would be to think of him as not being God it would be to think of him as an idol and I'm drawn to think of the priests of Baal um, praying to Baal to come and set fire to the sacrifice that they've laid out on the altar. Uh, we're thinking 1 Kings 18, if you want to go and have a, a read of this later on. Um, and that moment that that Elijah mocks them, and I find it quite funny, <laughs> suggesting that they need to shout a bit louder. Maybe maybe he's in, he's uh, indisposed. I, I always have the thought of, maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he got to be a bit. Be a bit louder so he can come out for you. Um, That's not where God is. That's not what God is. He isn't far away. We don't need to shout louder. He's right here with us. The beauty of our relationship with God is that we don't need to shout. We can pray in our hearts. We can whisper to him. The beauty of a whisper. And that's sufficient. Because God is everywhere. And he is, he is in us as we are in him. Jesus tells us to pray to our Father in heaven. And at this point, I really want to just say and, and go to the fact that as we pray, we present ourselves to God as he is revealed in heaven. Okay, Think of, think of the addressing of a letter again. Um, It's not only important how we address it in terms of relating to the individual uh, who is going to receive that letter, but also their whereabouts. That matters. God is the creator of all things. All things were made by him and through him. What we see here on earth, it doesn't reveal God's face. Yes, we're shown his creation and it can display his light and and some of his character. But they don't show us God fully. So we can't relate to God fully through them. how, How could they? He's so much more vast than what we see. So when we pray to our Father in heaven, we are therefore taking our eyes away from this world and we are looking forward. We are looking toward him in heaven and we cease to be controlled or or compelled by the things of this world and we seek the face of God in his sanctuary the place where Christ has gone ahead of us and is interceding for us continuously now if that wasn't awesome enough and it it blows my mind just as as I think about it these two words in heaven They elevate God above all things. There's no being created that is higher than he is. There never has been and there never will be. And that just about sums up the message for today when I'm I'm looking at the time. Um, I don't want to go into the first petition right now. I want us just to dwell on our Father in heaven. We'll pick up the rest uh, next week. So for now, when you you pray through this week, consider what it means to have God as your father. How amazing that privilege is. That the creator of the universe calls you his child and has a place for you waiting in heaven to be with him for eternity. If you just believe it. Just believe in his son and receive all that he has for you in this life and beyond. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you We want your name to be glorified and we pray that through our actions today we get to do just those things. Where we don't do those things, where we walk away or we mess up, we are repentant. We come to you truly sorry for those times. But we come to you now. Be with us this week going forth. Provide all that we need as we try to live into this truth that you are our Father, wanting that intimate relationship and that you are in heaven, all-powerful Lord, God and King of the cosmos. Send your spirit on us all now. Amen.